1: Welcome to the Top 5, a show where we ponder, we speculate, we say what if, and then hope that something happens. <laughs> I don't know. This is Top 5. What?
2: We have no idea.
1: Well, I have no idea because this week's Top 5 was sent into us. This is actually based on a conversation that Matthew and I had on the Dueling Review podcast, oh, probably a couple of months ago. And yeah, someone about- said, oh, how about you guys do a Top 5 Properties that would make great comics but aren't yet? And this was so tough because
3: my God, so everything many. Everything has been a comic, dude. yeah. In some yeah. way, shape, This was shape the or hardest form. top five list I've ever done. It was just so difficult
1: because every time yeah. I was, every time I sat back and I was like, "Ooh, you know, what would be really cool." I would look and do a search, and oh, this has I already am. been done.
2: Now, and it's always devils do the bastards of <laughs> devils do.
1: Now I will say this: there may be because I, you know, we're not doing everything that's. It's not all inclusive in comics. Because there may be a super independent, um, you know, running it off the copier machine, stapling it together in the middle of the night <laughs> comic out there that covers this stuff, but um, but we're going to try our best. And if and if we're off, just don't, you know, don't chastise us because this really is hard. I, I wish this would have been, how about you take great comic book properties that haven't been turned into TVs or movies yet because that would have been easy. Yeah. But top See, that's, five that's, that's properties. Lock and is
0: key. Lock and yes.
1: key. Well, that's coming. That is definitely coming. Inverted. I think it's, it's going to land on Netflix. You put uh, your
2: thing down, flip it, and reverse it.
1: The top five properties why. that would make great comics but aren't, and in parentheses, yet. I will start things off with my number five. Uh, I think we need a comic book series on DC's All Access. The Tales of Jason Inman and <laughs> Tiffany Smith. We're running around the DC universe trying to find out everything they can for Channel 52 and that should be a comic book series.
0: <laughs> I could write the expletive out of that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I this is how far I'm reaching,
2: ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Issue five. Jason has some spinach
1: in his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> da, da,
2: da. They
0: have last looks. Come on, guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. This this is a big uh, budget project. Uh, oh, so yeah, that's that's kind of tongue in cheek, but uh I thought about it as like, what would happen if you had two people that were tasked with, and we kind of saw this in the backups of um, of the Convergence series where we had the 52 backup and it was like this news reporter telling you everything that was going on in, in the DC universe on Channel 52. I think it would kind of be like that where you have these two people that are trying to do investigative reporting on the things that are going into into DC and maybe they have some access that no one else has. And so you could call it DC's all access. So there you go. That's my that's my pitch for uh, a comic pro- or for a property that would make a great comic, but isn't yet. Uh, Ashley, let's go
0: over to you. All right, my number five is a bit of a stretch. Uh, it is a Disney property, and I think that the lead of this movie has appeared or is slated to appear in the Disney Princess comic that Amy Meverson is doing right now. Um, But I think that she is so cool that she deserves her standalone uh, comic series. She's an adventurous. She don't got no man or no romantic subplot. She has the biggest hair in all of the Pixar and Disney universe. And she is Princess Merida from Brave. Because I think that... that movie is criminally underrated, mm-hmm. and I think that Scottish folklore and legends are so rich that if you put someone really painterly like uh, your Benjamin Dewey of the Lands on that, you could explore some really beautiful concepts artistically and in the narration and really flesh out that world in a cool way. Uh, plus, the potential for crossovers is pretty much boundless.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So...
0: Uh, Brave, I guess, is my number five.
1: And so, in this one, there is probably a comic book adaptation of the movie that doesn't count. We're there is there about, is a
0: direct OGN, yeah. yes, adaptation. Yeah, so, so we're not no talking about those series. Kind of we're talking
1: about an ongoing series an in ongoing this case. Series.
0: Don't yeah. tweet me. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, no, no, no. Be, believe me, I am expecting a lot of people to go. Wow, over there at Paper Cuts, they do have this Brave comic book, and you it's know like, what? let them no. come.
2: come. I would to like fight. to know.
1: I'd like to know, but really, we're not talking about a standalone based on the on the movie. This is ongoing news story stuff. Uh, Let's see. Next on my uh, Skype window is Matthew. What up, home skillet? My number five is
2: likewise. I think a Disney property. Maybe it's likewise. I think a huge stretch. It's probably. (laughs) Oh no, (laughs) this one is actually not a stretch. Oh, that's good because I have an advantage in that I remember. A buttload of comics, and mm-hmm. so I had to just sit down and I, I actually consulted with all the women in my household and the cat, and we just listed everything that should be a comic. And then I said the to Peterson myself, "Well, that brain has trust. that has <laughs> that has." Well, I wouldn't call it a brain trust. It's oh, man. Uh, it's really like Matthew and his amazing friends. Oh. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I will say that one of my answers came from the widget, one came from Sarah, and I had to reject like a dozen things from my wife. So. My number five comes from my brain. It is a Disney thing. I'm almost certain of it. And it has never, to my knowledge, been in comic book form. And part of that is because it's partly musical. But this is the year 2016, as of this uh, recording. And you can get around that. I mean, people keep trying to make musical comics and motion comics happen. So why not delve into a world with such depth and versimilitude, a world where you can go into depth on Valentine's Day or Easter or Thanksgiving or frickin' Halloween with the pumpkin king, Jack Skellington. My number five, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Because that whole, that Tim Burton vibe seems to have created a whole subgroup if the young ladies with tattoos in my hometown have anything to say about it. And I feel like there's an, a whole lot of potential in that world that could be plumbed without getting to the point where you have to ask the questions that nobody wants you to ask. You can go and do things with minor characters, with Jack, without Jack, with the characters and bits and pieces of that world, and make some really good— You know, I think you could get 48 issues out of it easy just in terms of story— and plus, it's something that I think might have some crossover to non-comic book readers. So my number five, The Nightmare Before Christmas, because quite frankly, I want to see some Oogie Boogie as drawn by like Mike Mignola.
1: Okay. Cool. Rodrigo, what do you have for number five?
3: Uh, my number five is certainly a stretch. Um, and it really <laughs> came from me looking around and being like, What? Is not comics and like no piece <laughs> number of five media. is Rodrigo Stapler. Yeah, no piece of media I owned that I could just look at or or call up on my computer or anything was not also some sort of ha- didn't have some sort of tie-in comic. So I went I went just completely in a different direction, and my number five is Connect Four. Mm.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. There's a big okay, so- uh, there's a big uh, push to get. Games, yeah, to get board, board games, games, yeah, as, as uh, yeah,
3: into movies and and properties like that. So mm-hmm. imagine this: there's a, a young man. He's got like crazy green hair, and he wants to be the best Connect Four player in the world. And uh so he gets into Connect. First, he gets into Connect Four school where he has a rival. But by the end of the first arc, they're friends, um, and he also has like a cute pink haired girl who like likes him. But they can't say it because, you know, stuff. And then he finally goes on to the Connect Four championships. So basically, you just take any sports anime, take out the sports and add in (laughs) Connect Four, and you have the Connect Four comic. Uh, I I suppose a sports manga would be more appropriate. Right. That's brilliant, though. Yeah, I I thought it would work. And then you can have, like, the Draco Malfoy character. No, absolutely. I mean, and that's, that's kind of like your rival, right? Your rival is usually blonde. His hair is slightly spikier yep. than the protagonists. Got gotcha you
2: um, there, diagonally, yeah, Exactly. Um,
3: exactly. It's great because none of these ever, not Yu-Gi-Oh!, not, like, Kenichi or anything ever, or Not the pinball one, they never really spend a lot of time explaining the rules of the game or why any given thing would work. Um, But Connect Four is a really simple game, so it would be be complex. It would be difficult, yeah.
1: Cool. All right, my number four, I think a lot of people are going to be surprised because they probably think it should be higher on the list. But I think we need a 1970s, late 70s, maybe early 70s detective show set in the burgeoning Los Angeles. (gasps) I think we need a Rockford Files comic book series. And really allow Rockford because one thing that they really shied away from in the TV series is even though we saw Rockford getting involved is, with the mob Rockford's a lot of times glowing
3: robot arm. Yes.
1: Uh, a lot of times we saw Rockford in kind of uh, getting in trouble with the mob, but we didn't see the extent of the mob activity and the stuff that was going on in that show because it was kind of lighthearted. But I think we could still keep it lighthearted and noir and. And add in more of the the mob mafia influence of Southern California and Los Angeles and the movie industry in the 1980s, and I think that would make a fantastic series. I'm looking yeah. at you, Dynamite Entertainment, The Rockford Files. The you can call me
0: book. and Stephen to write it at any time. I would,
1: I would. I've got the first three issues already knocked out in my head, and it will open up with an answering machine recording. Ping. So there you go, uh, Ashley. What do you have for number four?
0: My number four is my totally useless thing that totally shouldn't be adopted into a comic but is a money-grabbing choice in the spirit of the uh, tartar sauce, a.k.a. grumpy cat comic. Mm -hmm. I think that there should be a Lil' Bub comic because Lil' Mm -hmm. Bub is my favorite funny-looking cat on the internet that you could use to spread awareness about taking care of animals with developmental disorders. So I think you could use it to be educational Uh I think Lil Bub is cute as expletive, and there are a ton of artists uh, like Agnes Garbowska who is drawing the Grumpy Cat and whatever Grumpy Cat's friend's name is, Book, um, who could do pokey. some really cool pokey. There you go, and their funny snake friend who could uh, do some really cool things aesthetically with your uh, your leading lady. And I think that the potential for Wolverine jokes is rife. So I guess for this one, I'm probably looking at a Kaboom-type entity. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think I think Kaboom are the ones, too, who do Fraggle Rocks. So mm-hmm. they might be uh, kind of the ones to go for. And I would I would structure it more like a Jim Henson, Muppety-type, wacky adventure um, than mm-hmm. anything else. Because why not Jim Henson? So, yes, Lil Bob... Because if you follow me on Facebook, you know there had to be a cute animal in here somewhere.
1: (laughs) Matthew, uh, your number four, please.
2: My number four is not Little Bub, but uh, that's one that Widget had suggested that I shot down. High five, Widget. Well done. But another one of her suggestions made perfect sense to me. And it makes perfect sense to me because it's something that we don't see a lot of in modern comics. And that is overtly educational books aimed at the kids. You know, a lot of times when you're like, oh, people who read comics are 40 year old men who live in their mother's basement. And I'm like, first of all, I live in my own basement. And second of all, shut up. But my number four is one that Widget suggested that I think would be great. And it wouldn't even have to have overarching characters or plot lines. It could be individual issues based on specific Bits and pieces of educational lore, but in keeping with the original theme of Schoolhouse Rock, each one would be Ooh. awesome. Mm-hmm. It's another one where you've got that musical issue for your adaptation, but you've got some really iconic characters in play. You've got your Bill, you got your Interplanet Janet, you got your rotten little rabbit with the thing on his feet. There's a very specific style and tone to them that I think would really translate well to comics. And if you're using it to teach things like multiplication and grammar and, you know, update some of this stuff that we had. 1976, there's one that is very clearly about expansion to the West. And I'm like, is this Uh, really? Yeah. Maybe Manifest Destiny is not something that in the year 2016 we need to be putting down the children's throats. Let's give them something maybe a little bit more oh, culturally sensitive. Mr. Mr. Blue. Mr. Blue, whatever that means. Rufus like Xavier Sarsaparilla. Exactly. You have a lot of potential to catch the eye of people, and you can you can maybe you know teach them a little something as you go. And I think that that would make for a really – heck, I'd read it. Course, did you know that there's listening.
0: a uh, Schoolhouse Rock musical? I had heard that. that I was listening to Schoolhouse
2: Rock in the van today, and I'm like, yeah, this is still good.
3: You, you guys, you guys, you guys want to hear something weird? Uh, in yes. high school, I was in the Schoolhouse Rock musical. What? Who Were did you play? I, Were
1: you Interplanet
3: Janet? Were I was Bill? not. In fact, Were you Lolly? Uh, he was the, the bear that got he, on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, uh, let that rhinoceros on this bus! Yeah, the um, the the play has a very thin premise in that there is a teacher who is getting ready for his first day of school. He's very nervous, and then the the, the characters from Schoolhouse Rock come out of the TV and they help him get ready for his day. I was the teacher because that's the one that has to sing the least. And in my, <laughs> yes. uh, in my theater director's words, I sing very loud and drag the other people with me. Uh, <laughs> so if that's I was, a, if amazing. I was, I hope that's on your CV. <laughs> yeah, if I was not in tune, I would drag everybody out of tune. And if I was in tune, I would drag them over to my line, apparently. So he's like, just try not to sing so loud and we'll give you fewer songs. And that's how I got the lead. <laughs> Yay! And that's called Winning by Attrition, kids, at yep. Schoolhouse Rock episode
1: 15. Issue that's 15. That's why I'm at number four. All right. Uh, Rodrigo, you're number four.
3: My number four uh, is uh, a movie that should have gotten more attention. Um, and they should have made a comic of it. And that is The 13th Warrior. I've
0: Ooh, talked about The 13th Warrior before.
3: yeah. Um, and this was this was me being like, what movies do I like that everyone hates? And this was still difficult. Did you know there's a comic for Push? Yep. Yeah. That's what? crazy.
1: There's a comic book for Push. Uh, yeah. I'm looking it up on comicology
3: right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Do people like not Push. like The 13th Warrior? Is that really a thing?
3: Yeah, people are just like, "Eh, on it," but I think it's fantastic. In any case, I mean, I don't know where you would take it. The 13th War is a very self-contained thing, but you could do the further adventures of this guy. I mean, presumably just cuz he hung out with some Vikings, they're not going to let him back into, you know, Iraq or wherever he's from. So, um, yeah, he could definitely just keep having adventures, especially if you just take this character and then transpose him to, you know, the uh to Egypt or to you know Ireland or you know another place where he's going to be. I super think you mean eight.
0: Scotland, not Ireland.
3: <laughs> oh, sh- sure.
0: <laughs> That's a callback. Callback to an old get major house.
3: spoilers episode. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yes, and you know his uh his interactions with people of other cultures, which is really what makes the movie is just as like being like you know what crazy Vikings aren't so bad um so yeah 13th warrior of the comic
1: I I did not know there was a push comic book published by wildstorm
3: me neither it was on my list until I went into my research phase and threw out my list
1: and it's and it's and it's not based on the movie it's a miniseries set in the year 1986 and serves as a prequel to the movie so holy crap yeah I will be grabbing that as soon as I can (laughs) i that's one of my it it is it is is a it's one of my uh guilty pleasure movies i can't i I, I can't go on a trip without my ipad being loaded up with push or um jumper
3: yeah push is a movie that i'm like somebody came up with an awesome role-playing game setting nobody published it but somehow they got a movie through because it seems really (laughs) thoroughly thought out
1: yeah cool all right, Riffs, the um,
2: movie. <laughs> I thought for a moment you were talking about the novel Push by Sapphire, and I'm like, "Oh, no, wow, yeah, that's a comic. Ooh,
0: that's dark."
1: <laughs> All right, my number three. You know how at the end, or you know how at the beginning of Karate Kid Two, Daniel shows up, and it's like supposed to be a couple months later after the big fight, but clearly it's several years later because Daniel <laughs> really let himself go after the big tournament. He's 29 now. <laughs> Oh, wait till you see Karate Kid 3 and he's like 47 trying to play an 18-year-old. Um, I think a cool comic book would be the year spent between the end of the um, All-Valley Tournament and the end of Mr. Miyagi's life. Because quite frankly, I'd rather just forget episodes 2 and 3 of Karate Kid. But Daniel and Mr. Miyagi are going from town to town competing in karate tournaments. And on the way, they're helping people. Karate Kid, the comic book.
2: I think there was a cartoon about that.
1: There may have been, but there's not a comic book of it. That's all that matters. Think of uh, Green Arrow and and Green Lantern on the road. This is Mr. Miyagi. Hard
0: Traveling Heroes. Hard
1: Traveling Heroes, Mr. Miyagi, and the Karate Kid. Karate Kid 2 is wonderful. No, it's not. They go home, and you got the whole subplot with Sato,
2: and you got Tamlin Tomita, and you got Tamlin Tomita. Sorry,
1: not a good movie. You got Uh, Tamlin Tomita? Ashley, what is your number three?
0: My number three falls into, all of mine fall into categories, falls into the category of a thing that I would like to write. So I stuck it on this list because I don't think one exists because it would be copyright infringement. So my favorite fictional thing in the whole wide world is The Lord of the Rings. And I would like to write slash read the really dull domestic continuation of Mary and Pippin's life when they return (laughs) from their long sieges and go get fat and have kids in Hobbiton. Because they're the best and they're barely mentioned in the appendices and because of Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan's rubber face acting, which is primo, they would be ripe for a really excellent cartoonist to get their claws into Um, if I were writing it, I would marry one of them off to like a human or an elf and call it my hobbit husband and make it all about like their weird domestic life and how weird it is that the man is short and isn't this paradigm shift hilarious. It
1: would be like, Uh, it'd be like, I love Lucy comics.
0: Yeah. There'd be like a lot of standing on stools in order to smooch. (laughs) (laughs) So my totally invented copyright infringing, um, Warner Brothers, or yeah, they own it now. Warner Brothers, annoying. Um, ho- continuing adventures of Mariatick, Brandy Buck, and Peregrine Took that I don't think anybody would actually read, oh. um, but I would really enjoy. Oh, I That's think there'd about,
1: I think I, there'd be uh, quite a few people that would love to read that.
0: I, I think hope we could really, it.
3: <laughs> what you could really do with it is like say that like they move in together, but then like their hobbit hole gets uh, flooded, so they have to yes. move in with Sam. So then, like, seven uh, is and, his and he life, has his kids,
0: he, children? Has
3: like, yeah, he has, like, a, an Uncle Jesse and Uncle Joey thing going.
1: <laughs> oh, full,
0: man. Full,
3: full Hobbit hole? Yep, full. full.
0: <laughs> and then you can spin off Fuller Hobbit hole. Yeah, Which On is just September waiting for 17th, the XXXX parody. His wife asked him to exit their Hobbit <laughs> hole. <laughs> and then uh, like, Frodo's, like, the goth neighbor who shows up all moody once in a while. <laughs> Frodo can be, be like be the
2: Barney <laughs> Stinson who just, you know, shows up and... Everybody hates him, but he steals a scene and then he goes
0: away. I don't understand your reference, but I'm nodding on my side of the microphone.
2: Matthew, what is your number three? You really just described our entire relationship.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong.
2: (laughs) My number three actually comes from one of the single most tone deaf and kind of inappropriate interactions I've ever had. So it's the it the, there's a, there's a little build up here and stay with me because it starts <laughs> off it starts off dark, but then it gets stupid so in the year two thousand six my mother passed away and in order to go to my mother's funeral, I literally piled like thirteen people in a minivan and drove to to my mother's funeral she lived in a small town in central Kansas and on the way to my mother's funeral my Former college roommate, Carl, he says to me, I've been reading this really great book and I totally think you should read it. And I said, yeah, what is it? And he's like, World War Z, the oral history of the zombie war. And I'm like, thematically, on the way to my mother's wedding is probably not the best place to spring this on me, Carl. But we all laughed and a good time was had by all. And I said to myself, man, this would make a great comic book. And so it would. As long as you have to understand that the World War Z movie with the Brad Pitt bore little to no resemblance to what was actually in the story. World War Z was basically this big sprawling narrative of a world where all of a sudden there's a zombie attack and it looks at it from different perspectives and it you know takes it and actually treats it as an, a real thing that might have happened. As how would the government respond? How would, you know, how would disease organizations respond? How would people respond to this strange world? And you could literally do anything in this story without being the walking dead. And that is the major big bit that you're going to have to work with is that it's not the walking dead. Can't be the walking dead, but you can tell stories that the walking dead couldn't and wouldn't ever tell. And you can really go into depth on bits and pieces of this, this strange world where this stuff happens and slowly the world rebuilds itself and comes out of it. I really feel like it would make an interesting counterpoint, first of all, to all of the zombie media that's out there, but it's one of those things that is wide open. You wouldn't even have to have the same cast month over month. You could literally have it be almost an anthology series, which Maybe The Kiss of Death. I don't know. I'm not saying people would buy the thing. I'm just saying I'd want to read it. I think it's something that has an awful lot of potential
3: to it. Yeah, and zombies.
1: Yeah, right? Rodrigo, I think we are at uh, your number three.
3: All right. Uh, My number three was something that I I was like, well, I've never seen a comic of this, and I haven't heard of it. And then I did some research, and it really, I mean, I could be wrong, but it really seems that a there isn't one and b there should be one like it this makes no sense and i'm talking about fallout like fallout the the video games Oh, dark horse come on yeah this is and and it is because i'm like because i you know i'm i'm seriously like uh like a uh like this like stephen king on the simpsons or family guy or whatever i'm like a movie about a lamp You know, and I'm like looking around and I see Dragon Age and I'm like, no, there's 17 Dragon Age series. And then I see Fallout and I'm like, no way. There's no way there isn't a Fallout comic. And there might be, but I couldn't find one online. Um, And yeah, Fallout. If there there was, it would literally be at Dark Horse. Yeah. And and Matthew's not even online. He's just searching his internal database. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So. uh, Error. Error. Yeah. Fallout is a series that is just ripe for this it's you know set in uh, after the nuclear bombs are dropped in the future of the past like basically imagine the future imagine like a Jetsons future imagine like the future of the 50s and then a nuclear war explodes Um, and then 200 years later people start coming out of these vaults and that's, like, the world of Fallout and what happens then and how society gets rebuilt. Um, it is a supremely weird game uh, and game series. The The humor of it is very weird and dark. And it's like, um, so far, we've seen maybe, you know, 10 location stops across the United States of what has happened. And it's like... Literally, you could set them in any city. the The last couple of games have been set in Washington D.C., Las Vegas, and now Boston. And it's like, what happens in the middle of the country? What happens in, uh, you know, somewhere else? Canada. Uh, yeah, Canada. Um, and you know, zombies I,
0: freeze to death. Yo, we find.
3: Well, the problem is that uh, Fallout zombies are actually uh, irradiated humans that are just super long lived. So it might, it might still be an issue, but. <laughs>
0: But they uh-huh. love timbits.
3: Yes. Uh, also, in the future of Fallout, uh, there's a big war and everybody's in it, and the U.S. annexes a big part of Canada. So you'd have to go, I think, maybe pretty far up to get into actual Canada in this <laughs> game world. Um, and they never tell you what happens with Mexico, which isn't that just the case. In any case, what I'm getting at <laughs> is yes, Fallout. Fallout would make a great comic, and I am floored that there isn't one out already. I'm very um, surprised. Um, actually, you as mean? I'm
1: looking, I am seeing that there was a graphic novel ah. called Fallout All Roads, but it was based on Fallout New Vegas.
3: Oh, uh, uh, but not, the, but nope, the, not nope. the main Fallout series. That so. counts, though. I mean, that would count. So yeah, yeah. That,
1: but there's only that, one. That would... It's one graphic novel, so yeah. it was published in it looks like 2010.
3: Yeah. So yeah, that would count. But I'm trying to see well, it I'm doesn't not, say. I do oh, it was, and and
1: guess who uh, published it?
3: Dark horse, dark horse, no, it, dark horse comics. No, it makes sense. I mean, it, it would be right up their alley.
1: Yeah, so okay, cool. But still, I think uh, I think your story may be better than the one well, that we got.
3: My uh, my girlfriend's a big Fallout fan, so this was really just a trick to get one of you guys to find me a Fallout comic for to tell her about.
1: Well, now you can <laughs> go and make a search for it. Yep. We are to our number twos, and when it came to number twos and number one, things started to get really, really difficult. But there was a book that I read a couple of years ago that I got a real kick out of. Uh, It's by Paul Valmont. And it's kind of a what-if story set in the 1930s about what if the creator or the writer of the Doc Savage series, Kenneth Roberson, and the writer of the Shadow series, Lester Dent, had to team up and stop a crazy... um, um, Secret organization from setting off a cloud of deadly gas that would kill people in New York. So, in a sense, it is a book about the doc, about Doc Savage and the Shadow having a having an adventure together. But it's set from the perspective of the real life people. It's called the China Cloud. It's called the Chinatown Death Cloud Peril. It's a fantastic, fun read. I don't know why it hasn't gotten more play than it has, but I would really love to see that adapted into like a four or five issue series. it's it's a lot of fun and i don't want to give too much away but uh nobody the the good guys win uh. chinatown death cloud peril by paul valmont uh, go check it out it's an, it's an it's an interesting book i don't know if i've gotten the audiobook because i think i'd like to uh check out the audiobook version of it but definitely let's see a comic book of that uh ashley your number two please
0: my number two falls into the, this is a historical figure that we want to put in ridiculous situations kind of comic books, like your uh, your Rough Riders that's out right now. So, I don't know if many um, Americans know a ton about Canada's first prime minister, but he was this guy named Sir John A. MacDonald, um, and he was a drunk. And he did two very funny things, which I think would be good fodder for comic bookiness, uh he, A, was once found uh, drunk in his home, naked, wearing a bear rug, reciting Hamlet into the mirror. And uh, B, was once doing a public debate and was so drunk that he threw up on stage and then said, that's what I think about my opponent. And he won that debate. So wow. I would like to take, yeah, that's the founder of my homeland, <laughs> which I feel like tells you a lot about Canadians probably. Um, and we named an airport after him. Um, I think that if you took his kind of drunken genius and spun it into a, a goofier Sherlock Holmes and then pit him against, uh, not unlike my brave bitch, some of the mystical stories, um, that proliferated Native American culture and then uh, our native Canadian First Nations and then fur trader culture um of the time when Canada was settled and founded. Um, I think that could be a really fun good time in the way that every Sherlock Holmes adventure is a fun, good time because you never know if he's high or not. Mm. And uh it has an incredibly small audience, but maybe could be interesting and educational because people like Hamilton now because of a musical. So come on, give me a chance.
1: Oh, definitely. I'd go for it. <laughs> so, Any, that's anything my... that has people throwing up on each other on, on a double page splash. Oh, my uh, God. I'll, I'll get that
0: Rick and Morty crowd, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, what do you uh, have for number two?
2: My number two, and this is, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that uh, uh, Sarah's uh, theories got thrown out. One of them that she suggested was a comic book about the movies of Luis Buñuel. And I said no. But then I thought about movies. And I'm like, there are tons and tons of movies that have been in comics. And there are tons of movies that should have been in comics. There's one movie that I think was heavily influenced by comics that is literally crazy to me that it was not somehow brought back to a comic book. And I really feel like it should be. And I feel like it will make an excellent book, no matter who does it, no matter who draws it. Because I think that the Iron Giant is Perfectly suited yeah. to be a comic book story. And you know, you kind of have to have it be a Warner Brothers joint so you can keep that wonderful Superman bit. But even if you know, because remember that movie ends with a great big sequel hook, just a yeah. huge moment that says there's more coming. Where is it? And I'll tell you, it's in comic books. And you could do, you could literally have the, the giant himself. Go on and interact with other children. I don't know if this is something that would work, but have him wander the earth. Like Kane from Kung Fu, only 50 feet tall. Or like Mr. Miyagi and Daniel. (laughs) Yeah, crossover. There you go. The karate giant, where (laughs) Daniel teaches him the crane technique. And you get and, to you get to hear in your mind He and says if Warner, I am
0: Iron Fist. And if Warner no
1: Brothers and if Warner Brothers handles it all, they won't have to pay any royalty for using the word karate kid. Wax off. <laughs> Wax off. <laughs>
2: Sweep leg. Sweep
0: the leg. Have you ever seen the, the footage of Vin <laughs> Diesel doing doing the voices for that? Oh, no. no. Oh, man, he gives this line reading and then, you know, Brad Bird's like, yeah, yeah, do it this way. He gives the exact same line reading, turns to the camera, shooting the behind the scene footage and goes, nailed it. It's <laughs> so good.
3: <laughs> Rodrigo, you're number two. Uh, my number two is a game that I recently finally stopped playing, um, uh, although I, it seems like I've been playing it for centuries. Uh, it's called Disgusting. This five, this Disgaea? Disgaea this guy over here. Yeah, Boy, this is guy a... over here. What's that about eh? Yeah, if uh, you listen to the major spoilers podcast, you've heard me talk about this uh, game, and, you've also, this heard, so and you've also heard and you've also heard this joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's been months, so it's a new joke. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, it's a it's a brand new joke. Uh, so it is a super weird property. Um, there might be this comics, but. Each iteration is pretty different. Um, they all kind of take place in this like multi-dimensional hell super dimension. Um, so they're very they, they're very separate from each other. They basically don't interact until you start buying DLCs and you basically pay for crossovers. Um, but uh, yeah, it's the story of a bunch of powerful, selfish demons who come together to stop a much more powerful, much more selfish demon. Um, And the adventures they have and how they grow closer as friends and everything. And then the game kind of opens up so you can have more missions and DLCs, but it also leaves it open for these characters to come back together and have adventures. Or maybe, you know, potentially, and it's always dangerous, but introduce a new character uh, who then gets to see what happens, like, Ten or twenty or a hundred years after the the this big war that happens in the game, and see where the characters are at, and maybe uh, basically a character that gets to explore the world that you, as a player, playing the game created. Neat. This yeah. Gaia.
2: This oh, Gaia. D i
3: s g a e a.
2: Yeah. I cannot find any evidence of a comic book named a Disgaia but I may not know how to spell it either.
3: Right. So, yeah, I mean, it would be good times. If there is one, then great. It would almost certainly be manga because this is a Japanese game. True. <laughs> Very true.
1: Yeah. And weirdly, oddly, it seems like I was just uh, someone recommended a uh, an anime to me and I was looking into it and it's like, oh, well, it was a comic. It was a video game first, mm-hmm. then the anime. And then I guess there was a comic book of it, too. And it's just like weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we are up to our number ones, the ones that we think would make great comic books but aren't yet. And initially I had the Illuminatus trilogy on my list, uh, but there was like a four-issue miniseries of that adapted, which seems like four issues would be a lot of word balloons in order to do that right. But apparently only three issues were ever published of the four. There is a better Illuminati story that makes a lot more sense, that's a little bit more linear. And not as uh, not as all over the place like the Illuminati trilogy. And that's the sequel, Masks of the Illuminati, which takes place in, uh, I want to say the 1920s or 30s. Uh, but it involves like real historical personages like Albert Einstein. As they're listening to this guy who shows up in the middle of the night and basically is recounting. Everything he's went through to become a member of this secret organization. And then there's a big knock on the door at the end and you find out whether it's all a uh, shaggy dog story or if that's really true. It's a really fascinating book. It's only it's um, uh, Robert Anton Wilson is the only author on that one, if I remember correctly. And so it, it's a little bit more coherent than Illumina- a lot of St- Illuminatus trilogy. Um, so I'm going to say Masks of the Illuminati, I think, would make a fascinating comic book. Ooh. Only for the conspiracy theorists out there, and of course that would mean that this book would have to be done over at IGW Publishing. <laughs> so there you go. Or I guess uh, Top Cow, um, Ashley, it's if true. you want to pitch a pitch an idea.
0: Yeah, man, my last one, uh, top last guy. one didn't fly, so I gotta oh, okay. gotta work on it.
1: Gotta go do it for another one. Just go grab Massive Illuminati, slap it on, um, on the desk, and say this is yeah. our next property, boss.
0: I don't yeah, know. Do can, we have to pay for it? They'll probably won't fly. <laughs> oh, well, Robin Wilson has passed away, so oh, have it well be then a now. sequel
2: to The Mask, and then yeah. Jim Carrey steal can
0: steal it, can it and change <laughs> the name.
1: Ashley, what do you have for your number one?
0: Um, so I was gonna pitch the last four seasons of Mash retold from Charles' perspective because that's the only part about that that I like. <laughs> but that seemed a little too far afield. <laughs> so yeah, it's already
2: been done. It, uh, um, <laughs> dark Horse. <laughs>
0: Hey, you know what? I could probably also get uh, David Ogden Sears to read it because he's still alive. Um, But then like Rodrigo, I sat around my room and looked at other things that I like and was like, damn, it's all Robin. Uh, And then (laughs) I looked a little bit more. The the first
3: place I looked was my bookshelf and I was like, what a moron. I need to move to a different piece of furniture because that's where I keep all my comics. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I did. I did the bookshelf, and then I did my desk, and my desk is like all just Star Wars, Sailor Jupiter, and Batgirl, and I was like, "This is useless." Um, so eventually, I landed on something that has been adapted into a book, but not a comic book. <laughs> um, and I think that this might be something that Steven could get into because there is definitely Cthulhu, Cthulhu, Cthulhu mythos yeah. uh, sprinkled throughout. It is Tumblr's very favorite podcast. Welcome to oh, Night yeah. Vale. Yeah, and I'm kind of surprised that um, it hasn't been done over at IDW like your Adventures of the Your Red Panda Adventures. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, oh, um, I, I, I re- would imagine that they're they're working on. I would imagine they're working on that.
0: Uh, uh, I know like Kate left does a lot of art for them. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would assume that there's one coming down the tube. I don't know. They're like the wealthiest podcast of all time. So maybe they just skipped right over comics and went right for the movie <laughs> deal. Maybe. Um, But just based on what I've seen in the fan art alone and given that it is an auditory experience that is all very much interpretation. I think there's a lot of room for really beautiful visual storytelling mm-hmm. and you can take some of the weirder concepts like the man in the tan jacket yeah, with the and, lines, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, the old woman who secretly lives in your home. <laughs> and I think that there would be really interesting, like jokes that you could do with that, but mm-hmm. also formatting because um, one of the greatest things about comics is that it's unlike any other medium. And if you get a writer like someone like Tom King when he was on Grayson who really plays with format, mm-hmm. I think that uh, Welcome to Nightville and its reality, its its loose um, attention to reality could be a really fun book. Uh, lots of purples, so that's always good. Not too hard on the eyes.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh,
0: and then you get an LGBT lead character, so yep. we can get my little social mm-hmm. justice warrior quotient filled for the day. I'd be all right with that. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Welcome and, to Night Vale.
1: Yeah. Are you listening to the new series that they have, the spinoff series?
0: I'm not. Ah, I was trying uh, to look
1: for it really quick, but something screwed up here on my computer.
0: Something, but, uh, something, something Something Alice.
1: on the road. Yeah, something yep, Alice. So. Alice. Alice doesn't live here anymore, or? Allison, something I mean, like, something that. like yeah. that. Yeah. It's it's I, very I interesting. Took,
0: I took a really long time reading the book, uh the prose book. So I'm catching back up on the uh on the main podcast right ah, now. Cool. Cool, cool. Then I will I will take it on.
1: All right. Excellent. Uh thank you for your number one, Ashley. Matthew, your number one.
2: My number one is actually probably the diciest proposition. Because in the clearest sense of things, I'm almost certain that there might be manga versions that exist however my google foo is extremely limited in japanese and i cannot find any evidence of a manga adaptation and certainly not an english version thereof so i think that i'm going to split hairs in two separate directions because recently i don't know if you guys have seen this there's been a relatively successful comic book adaptation of the power rangers but yes. there's not been an adaptation of the original Super Sentai. Mm-hmm. And given the recent years' expectations and, and, you know, creation of kind of a shared universe of Super Sentai and Kamen Rider and all of these various heroes that had been individual, I feel like it's kind of a wide open market to really do something that is about the entire 45-year history of the franchise. And I think that you can get away with a lot of things that the American Power Rangers comic and the American Power Rangers series would not. And I feel like it's something that would be really, really wonderful to see in a language that I read fluently. Because if they exist in Japanese, I'm going to be like, I know that symbol, but I have no idea what she... Oh, she punched him. That's bad. But I would really like to see a comic book version Of the super sentai because it's all superhero stuff. It's superhero tropes, but it comes from such a weird place and it comes from television that I think that translating it over to comics could be just freaky enough to be brilliant. It could be just wonderful enough to work.
1: Cool. Uh, Rodrigo, what do you have for your number one?
3: Uh, For my number one, uh, weirdly, it's very similar to my number five. But whereas that started out as a big stretch, um, <clears throat> I think this is actually a, a really good idea, especially if it's done uh, in a very particular way. My number one is Smash Up. You know, the game Smash oh, Up? yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Where you take two kind of broad pop culture factions and you smash them up together, mm-hmm. and then you play against your friends. And basically, the way that I would want it to go is you get a writer, and then that writer ends up writing a story about these two factions, which are smashed up at random. So it's like, okay, you have to write a story about fairy vampires versus time traveling dinosaurs, Mm -hmm. right? Or like pirate wizards versus uh, robot princesses, right? And it's like, that's just like the arc of the comic is what you write about that. And it could be an epic story. It could be a goofy story. I think it's uh, just the fact that you always have these kind of like uh, potentially randomly generated factions. (laughs) Um, Cyborg dolphins versus bilingual
2: mermaids.
3: Yep. Superhero killer ants versus. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Singing police officers
2: versus electric fishmongers.
1: Would you have to use the just the uh, sets that are in the in the game?
3: Uh, I would. I would say, for the purposes of tying it together, you might as well. Um, you could <laughs> do other stuff, but um, then you might as well just not make it a smash-up comic. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Yep, I totally get. Plus, where you're yes. coming from. smash up is purposefully uh, the majority of its factions are very broad, mm-hmm. um, to where it's like ghosts, right? And it's like you know, it's uh, you can do a lot with ghosts, and then when it's ghost uh, magical ponies, mm-hmm. then that just kind of like weirdly narrows it in a very weird way. So that's 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 I think what the what the fun of it would be:
2: vampire ponies. Mm-hmm. versus Dunkin' Donuts.
1: <laughs> Maybe I'm hungry. <laughs> Maybe. That's Shut a, up. That's a, that's a word. You don't right. get to make that Thank joke. you, Rodrigo and Ashley and Matthew for your input this week. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we should take bets to see whose is going to be adapted first. My oh. bet is uh, DC's All Access will get a comic book treatment before... Anybody else? <laughs> I just My have, bet
2: is I that we'll probably feeling. see the first issue of Pigs Flying before I, many of them. I, the I
1: just are. have a feeling under this all-new, all-new, different DC that DC's all-access comic book treatment. Mm-hmm. The adventures That's what Scott is Gen-
0: actually working on.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, now it's your turn to weigh in. What are the top properties that you would like to see be turned into great comics but aren't yet Head over to Majorspoilers.com. Use the comment section. In fact, there's a link right there in the show notes for this episode that will take you right to the page. Share your thoughts, and we'll love reading your thoughts. Why? Because everybody loves a list. We'll see you next time.
3: You guys just go ahead and do top five. I'll just come back once you turn down. Go down. <laughs> yeah.